The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 146. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the 17th and 18th episodes of Season 7, Heroes Part 1 and 2. The President of the United States, concerned about the potential fallout of the Stargate program becoming public after he leaves office, commissions a documentary to put a positive spin on his association with the program. However, key members of Stargate Command are hesitant to participate, especially uh, Teal'c there. And the reporter irritates SG-1 members so much, while all the while ranting about censorship. Meanwhile, on a distant planet explored by SG-13, a gold probe discovers the human team, leading to a firefight. Though the probe is disabled, it sends a signal before being destroyed, attracting a gold strike force. The SG teams are deployed to rescue SG-3, who are in danger, while Dr. Fraser tends to a wounded airman. That's a little teaser for the uh, the first part there. So, hmm. what are your thoughts on these uh, these episodes, Father? These are a bizarre couple of episodes. I mean, because mm-hmm. it, the the first half, the first part one of two, is kind of experimental. They kind of you know they played around with you know the just like oh this is not really a clip scene, but it is kind of a you know replay of the story so far type of episode and. They do some filming and some on tape, and the stuff that's on tape is the stuff that's being filmed for this this documentary, and then the filming is the normal, and it's just kind of a bizarre start. And then we get to the second half, and everything switches. Yeah. And we find out about, you know, there, there's a death, there's this horrible accident, and, you know, one of the members is killed, and we aren't, we're not, of course, they're keeping it from us, they're kind of doing a little sleight of hand, you know, kind of redirection. Uh, Woolsey gets introduced and gets very much short shrift, although he becomes a much better character later. Um, yeah, and it's just very different couple of episodes. I like it, it, but it's very different. Yeah, it was. I feel like they did a weird tonal shift from the first part to the second part, from like comedy to much more dramatic. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of very whiplash. Much so. What about you, Lisa? Oh, gosh. I think this is probably the best two-parter of mm-hmm. Stargate ever. Um, Heroes, it, it, it's, it is very different. I mean, you, you start off that first episode and you're like, well, is this Stargate? Is it not? And, and I couldn't find if they intentionally created it to be different in tone. But I like that it builds. So you start out where it's, closer to what true SG-1, you know, episodes are. You have a little bit of witty humor. You've got, you know, Jack walking away from the camera talking about getting pictures of his rear end and 
you know, you've got Kinsey showing up in all of his flair. And then by the second half, you're just so roped in emotionally. You're on this journey with this journalist and with the, um, the members of Stargate Command. And I, I would love to say I know exactly what made this episode so wonderful. I would say first the writing, but the guest stars mm-hmm. and, but, and the, I mean, I'm not a huge Daniel Jackson fan, but I will say Michael Shanks really hit a home run here. He and Amanda Tapping. So um, a little bit of everything. Fa- fabulous, mm-hmm. fabulous episodes. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I, I agree with Lisa. I think the the writing and the acting in Stargate is never better than in these two episodes. Um, the guest stars are phenomenal, especially Saul Rubinek, who is, mm-hmm. you know, a- amazing in, in everything. But, I mean, really captures the essence. I mean, he comes across as very unsympathetic. You know, everybody in the SGC hates him. But by the time you get to the end of the second episode and you realize that he was doing a job, doing it well, and it was mm-hmm. exactly what was needed. You, you've completely flipped on him. And this episode has a very weird history. It was actually filmed over the course of about four or five months, mm. you know, just a little bit here and there. Um, it was originally intended to be kind of all seen through the lens of the the film crew. And so to be just kind of a fun episode where, hey, here's a documentary and, and we're just going to, you know, explore the SGC through this document. And then, you know, obviously the the twist got added to it. Um, along the way, they tried to to cut it down to fit 42 minutes and they could only get it down to about 64 minutes. And once mm. they realized that they weren't going to be able to cut it down any longer, they they added, I think, the Woolsey scenes, the intense firefight that you mm-hmm. get on the planet against the Gould. <laughs> that was all added in to expand this to a to a two parter. Yeah. So basically they told the director, uh, I think Andy Makita, use because because now he had the visual effects budget for two whole episodes, <laughs> spend it all on this scene. And that's, and that's what Let's he did. Blow everything up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's what happened. And then we get, I think probably some of the best, the best monologues certainly about, you know, freedom of the press and, and how the mm-hmm. press needs to be independent serve independently delivered by, by Saul Rubinek there. And it's, it is, I think the writing and the acting is, is never better. There is, you know, it does, it is a little uneven just because of the way the, episode was constructed and then being filmed over the course of, uh, you know, it was filmed completely out of sequence over, you know, four or five months, but there's enough really good moments in there to, I think, elevate it to, to mm-hmm. one of my favorites as well. Yeah, definitely. Although I was, I'm pretty upset about the death that happens because I did not, I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know it happened in this episode. So mm-hmm. definitely got me by surprise. So that's, well, that's, that's good writing there. Yeah. That was, mm-hmm. and that was the reaction when this episode, when the second part mm-hmm. of this episode came out. Cause even like, the, like I said, you know, the, the episode felt so bizarre because the first part is so upbeat and yeah, you got kind of the silliness and everything, but it's leading to the second part and it's mm-hmm. leading to what happens. And Stargate fans were shocked understandably yeah. so and yeah. i mean that, that's what makes it so great and it's I, I even admit when we get to that scene where i know the scene is coming i know we're gonna see it and it's still like who let the dust in here yeah yeah you know it's yeah heartbreaking. yeah i mean it's just like you know it's coming and it's in it's it hits it mm-hmm. hits hard yes i've not i've not yet teared up at an episode of stargate but this was yeah. one i did <laughs> 
Yeah, right, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, and Robert C. Cooper on the, the commentary uh, said, yeah, they, they wanted to show that there are consequences to, you know, what the Stargate, mm-hmm. what the SGC is doing. Mm-hmm. And you can't really communicate that if it's just Ensign Redshirt, as he said, that you're being introduced to and in, in, in killing off. So you really need to to kill off a principal character. And there was, you know, when he brought it into the to the writer's room and pitched it, you know, they're like, do you really want to do that? You know, <laughs> yeah. they, they tried to yeah. talk him out of it a little yeah. bit, um, certainly. But but yeah, and and even watching it again, the the scene is it's and we'll get into this played back on a camcorder footage. He said, you know, this is very difficult to watch, and 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 part of that is is what's happening. But also one of our other guest stars, um, who's playing, uh, I think, Lieutenant Wells, um, the the young uh, guy who gets shot. I mean, he just does such a phenomenal job of selling, you know, soldier with major injury and pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's talk about the, uh, the fun but, stuff. By the way, before, <laughs> I, I, just, I got, I, I got to yeah. correct one thing. Yeah. He's senior airman. He works senior for senior airman. He's that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Before we get to the, uh, black Hawk down portion of the episode, we yeah. can talk about what it felt like just the way the camera angles were. It was like that handheld, like mockumentary style. It was like mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. SG one, but filmed by the off, like the office crew. Because right. they actually do use video footage, and yeah. so it's very noticeable when they go from film to the, you know, the, you know, well, no saturation, very bright video. You know, well, it's very likely too that they actually use the cameras. Oh, they that, did camera that yeah. was on set. So you're seeing it from the view of whatever actor happens to be holding it or whatever. But yeah, it's it's something I never I never noticed when I watched this the first time was that it does flip between film because you know SG one was done on film mm-hmm. and the video. But of yeah. course, now, now with high definition, everything it's very clear when yeah. it makes that switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we we do get some good, you know, behind the scenes looks at the SGC. I, I loved, um, you know, uh, Doctor Lee is kind of Bunsen honeydew showing off the uh, the staff blast armor <laughs> yes. and yeah. putting it on Siler and and then blasting oh Siler with the staff, you know, with the staff weapon, and he flies through the air. And then later on, we see him in the infirmary being yeah. tended to yeah. by nurses. Well, I, I love the uh, he does that. All, oh, that's all right. He does that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he's he's a stunt double. Of course yeah. he does that all the time. That's a job. Well, and Emmett's over there like, oh, put it on me. Like, wouldn't it be better if I did it? And they're like, yeah, no. And then yeah. when he saw him fly through the other air, he was like, ah. No, know. no, don't put it on me. <laughs> and uh, Walter uh, slowly oh, Walter. talking through his realization that his job is pointless. <laughs> well, and his, his, he still has the Norman Davis name tag. Oh, does oh, he? he? <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yes. <laughs> He still has the Norman Davis name tag. Air Force name tag. That's, that's oh hilarious. my gosh. Yes. And sometimes I just like to make it different. And I say, <laughs> Chevron 7 <laughs> locked. locked. <laughs> yeah. And then we get it. We get it. We get a nice uh, scene with him, even in the second part, where it's still kind of funny, where he's pointing to some of the equipment in the, in the gate room and joking, you know, saying like, and sometimes the airmen like to come in here and play a game of space invaders on it. Yeah. yeah. And those and little computers was, you see behind yeah. the behind the in the gate room there. And yeah. that was the joke until the Air Force, you know, PR people who review each episode looked at it and said, made a note and said, no Air Force personnel would play video games on active duty. And Robert yeah. C. Cooper looked at this and said, Oh, that's going in the episode. <laughs> so <laughs> he's saying, I'm joking, of course. No airmen would play video games on active that's duty. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I can tell funny. you from experience, yes, airmen would play video <laughs> yeah. games on active duty. 
So can we assume that the uh, that part in the Avengers movie where the guy's playing Galaga on his his system on the big like floating aircraft carrier? Yeah. But yeah, so much so much good stuff happening uh, in there, especially as the um, you know the the SG one is so standoffish to to Bregman and and uh, especially Teal. Oh yeah, Teal was great though. It's oh, like I'm here for the interview. You know, you have to talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the uh, that reaction gif comes from that you always see. Oh, the indeed. The, the indeed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, then Carter's uh, so excited about hers. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's the only one who's who's all excited. And and she goes on a what is it? A rant about the. Uh, oh, like how much output they're getting oh, with yeah. the, the energy they, yeah. that they don't have a DHD, but they still get, yeah, the energy output and all that. And, and then you see the camera crew and Bregman and they're like, can we just get a shot of the gate spinning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, she's like, yeah, it's really cool. And I, I'm like, so I just said to watch this go. That's actually interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> This is the geeky stuff we'd be interested in. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, it, it takes 10% more power because you don't have an actual DHD. That's cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I like the part where the uh, the airman who's been assigned to kind of shepherd uh, Bergman around is like giving his opinions on what genre of documentary he should be doing and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go for cinema verite. And he's like, yeah. hey, excuse me. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Colonel Tom Rundell, who is like the the Air Force PR person. So he's not completely read in. I didn't get this at first on the SGC. So he does, he's not in the loop. So when, mm-hmm. you know, things do go south in the second mm-hmm. episode, he's as in the dark as the film crew and Bregman yeah. are and has oh, okay. to actually yeah, he's get just, the he's, reports. Yeah. yeah. He's a PR guy for all of Cheyenne mountain, not just the Stargate mm-hmm. program. So he really wasn't lying when he said he didn't know what. Correct. All the no, things yeah. of the announcements meant. Okay. Yeah. I guess you don't, I, I hadn't really thought about that because all you see is the Stargate command in Stargate, but the rest of Cheyenne Mountain is still there. So there's got to be people who are on levels above them, I guess, oh, not yeah. really, don't really know what's going on. Although with everything that's happened, I don't know how they <laughs> couldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just that they have to evacuate every every few months and that yeah. sometimes yeah. they come out of the mountain and like four months have passed on the outside. Yeah. And <laughs> only one day has passed on the inside or something. <laughs> I like how they they almost made you feel sorry for Bregman. Like yeah. he's there to document. He was read in. He's like all this, wow, alien stuff and the wormholes. And, and it's like, he's just, there's just nothing for him to video. You know, mm. just yeah. people walking around doing their jobs and no one except for Carter really wants to talk about it. You know, so you almost, you almost feel bad for him in the beginning. Yeah. Dr- I mean, Jack. Basically, like you said, just walks away from him, makes snide comments. Hammond says, I'm going to follow my orders to the letter, you know, of the order mm-hmm. and not give you anything beyond that, you know, threatens to call the president on him and, and stuff. And actually does call the president in, in part two to get him thrown off the base. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Daniel does give him a little bit, but it's like, yeah, I was ascended. I don't remember. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. that either. I remember a little <laughs> bit from before, you know. No well, one went stack. Go ahead. Oh, why did why did pa- Catherine bring you in? Well, I don't know. You have to ask her. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only one who actually wants to sit in front of the camera and talk is Kinsey, and he's just oh, reading off his K 
campaign yep. speech, basically. Oh, yeah. and I love that too. When Bringman calls him on, it's like, it yes. seemed a little rehearsed. Can we do something a little <laughs> more off the cut? I'll just fire questions at you. And mm-hmm. he's like, no. Nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I love Kinsey too. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that they brought him in. I mean, what a great, I don't know if that was originally planned or they had to, that was an added, like, you know make extra scenes but mm-hmm. that was it was just great to we haven't seen him in a while so it was great to see him yeah. and he's still the same politician that he ever yep. was jack gets mm-hmm. to tell him off although yes. it's kind of cut off a little bit by all the klaxons and oh, i love that yeah that was, great. That was amazing <laughs> and i like how they what they do with the audio on the actual like it's you're getting the audio that the camera crew is getting and it's mm-hmm. just like the loud noises and every so often you're like one insult coming through yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and the and the reason the alarms are going off is because SG thirteen on the planet has found and and we get probably one of the best scenes with a non SG one team as they're you know dis- they're coming through the gate and then they're walking mm-hmm. across the field and taking bets on what they're going to find mm-hmm. there you know mm-hmm. two headed aliens or or a lost city that sort of thing um, Adam Baldwin of course is, oh, yeah. is excellent in any role where he gets to play a military person which is just about every role he has as mm-hmm. Colonel Dave Dixon here. And, you know, talking about his, you know, being a father of four kids, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, it's worth watching just for that. Of course, my 11 year old turned to me after that where, he, where he's talking about like, well, you know, you figure that at that point you got three, you know, kids, you're too tired. You figure to have a fourth kid, you know, you're too tired to do anything at the end too of the day. Too tired and crazy. Yeah. 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 And uh, my 11 year old turned towards me and he's like, is that true? And I was like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, mo- no, that's just his opinion. <laughs> he just seems to share his opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I like, they did a really good job of introducing that team really quickly and making you like them almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Like the banter they had going back and forth mm-hmm. and they all had the their distinct personalities right off the bat. Well, they're, they're placing bets on what they're going to find on the planet. Yeah. Right off the bat. We you know, so they're talking about where are we going to find, you know, on this and that, and the other thing. And the one, I can't remember what the one guy said, but, but, uh, Colonel Dixon goes, you're cut off from making smart, smart comments. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that, you know, yes. <laughs> cause he said something like just <laughs> blindly obvious. We're going to see trees. I think it was. Or oh, something he like said that. trees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, what's funny. Cause that scene is actually much longer. I think than we've ever seen another SG team. Yep. We we've never really gotten to explore their personalities or you know have show their banter all that kind of stuff and so when they're walking you're like okay something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. for this. And then nothing happens. And then I'm thinking are we getting a spin-off? Mm-hmm. Were they yeah. introducing us? You know, especially Adam Baldwin's character like yeah. were they are we going somewhere with this? And and then towards the end I'm like well maybe it was just so we would care when right. They get in this firefight or whatever. So it was, it was, it stood out to me because we don't usually see so much of another SG team. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was also a good way for them to have Stargate Planet of the Week flavor going into the episode, but then yeah. also <laughs> not have it just be and Jack and Teal are off on something, doing something that they've done yeah. a bunch mm-hmm. of times before. And because these aren't the principal characters, there's more i feel like there's more at stake because you you're pretty sure that none of the four main ones are going to die but you don't know about these other guys right yeah 
and you kind of think, especially when Wells gets hit, you think this is this is where mm. we're going, right? This is who's gonna who not gonna yeah. make it. He's yeah. the red shirt. He's not going to yeah. make it. He's the one who whose wife is expecting, right? Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and and Robert C. C. Cooper even said, you know, yeah, the, yeah, you know, you can say it's a cliche. The guy who's you know he has a wife at home and he's, she's expecting their first child and he gets shot, you know, and and but that really happens. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to people too. And of course, we get Belinsky as well, who is kind of their their science and their version of the Daniel Jackson, and he's. He's wonderful as well. I wish we'd gotten more uh, Belinsky. Yeah, I love that. Dr. Jackson's going to die when he sees this. <laughs> yeah. Again? Yeah. <laughs> but apparently the, uh, the, the the Gould now have the the little uh, drones from... Uh, yeah, the, the, probe, the probe droids from Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. They're like, what is it? Yes. And we're like, uh, I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you not? <laughs> I have a smart way of taking it down. Yeah. Well, that was great. Yeah. So they're like, shoot the wall and the wall falls on it and mm-hmm. smushes it. And then Adam Baldwin, Colonel Dixon, make sure that it's really dead. Yes. Which, which sets up, you know, Sam having to then, you know, kind of get the readings off the crystals and and figuring out that, oh, yeah, it's, it's a gold thing. And they go back to the planet and realize too late that it also sent out the radio message to uh, mm-hmm. attract the uh, all the different Elkesh and Jaffa which we'll see more of in the second episode. Yep. Yes. <laughs> then we get uh, get the, the scene where uh, Bergman is talking to Fraser over lunch and he's, uh, <sighs> which at that point in the, the show, I was still kind of feeling like he was just a sleazy like mm-hmm. director and he's got his ring on. And so I assumed his story was made up, but I feel like maybe, maybe later on that's kind of, kind of brought back, but, they mm-hmm. they did a good job with that connection there and her mm-hmm. talking about her her daughter who's from another planet. I liked I liked how she delivered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a really sweet scene. And you needed to to see Frasier, you know, in the first episode having kind of a personal moment like of like that with somebody and and you know, Bregman flirting badly, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she even called it, Are you flirting with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the way she was giving him grief. I mean, she wasn't yeah. letting him get away with it. She was giving it right back. Yeah. And she just seems so every time we see Frazier, she's stressed and there's a medical emergency or someone's missing or, you know, something. And in that scene, she just got to be Janet Frazier. You know, mm-hmm. she got to be relaxed and friendly and just see that personal side of her. And, you know, of course, then second episode, we find out why they're showing that to us. But it was I applaud them because it just gave us another well, chance to see Taylor Rothery and doing just fabulous job of and we, we, as and we, and we forgot the scene where she's also willing to be in front of the camera and she's going over jack o'neill's <laughs> yeah. records yeah. are you sure you got the approval for this <laughs> including his three knee surgeries that richard dean anderson yeah. actually yeah. had yeah. in real life yeah i like the part where she says and then there was the whole hathor thing which yeah. I, I you know i cannot talk about <laughs> they asked me not to talk about it yeah. <laughs> and i like how the knee surgeries is just kind of thrown in among yeah. all the other crazy yeah. things like him Bull turning old, getting yeah. implants and yeah. an incurable disease and then <laughs> the things in his shoulder and mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. We also also found out that there's a reason why they were doing this this documentary and it wasn't just because of the uh uh the president, but it because it was the, it was going to be the thousandth travel through the gate. Mm-hmm. Which of course Jack O'Neill says, Well, we, we need cake. Yes. Yeah. We should yes. have a cake for that. <laughs> oh, we need cake. <laughs> 
yeah, so the second episode, Heroes Part 2, was the 150th SG-1 oh, episode. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So not the not the thousands. And they do get their <laughs> cake for episode 200, I think. Nice. Finally, so... <laughs> if we'd uh, if we'd planned out our schedule a bit better, we could have had that lineup because we're at one forty six oh. right now. Oh, there oh, we go. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, but uh, yeah, and so then we end on not really a cliffhanger, just with a, a shot of SG one running through the SGC, you know, kind of second guessing themselves, and and they're headed off someplace, but we don't know where. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, we know where, but but Bregman and the film crew don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get get into the the second part where. It really does feel like it's just a continuation of what's been going on. Um, I love the way it opens. Things get intense. Yeah. Before they get intense, right? So in the first episode, you know, Bregman talks to Dr. Jackson and says, I've been reviewing your camcorder footage and it's really boring. You're always just pointing (laughs) at like ancient ruins and stuff. Would it kill you to just like point your camera at something interesting? Mm -hmm. And so part two, what we get early on in part two is – Bregman and the uh, the the people who are helping him, uh, you know, working on a couple Macintoshes, editing mm-hmm. the episode down, and it's a really good look in, into Bregman because we've seen him do the interviews and he's dressed like all in a disheveled kind of uh, outfit, and then yeah. we get to see the inserts that he filmed afterwards where he's wearing a suit, asking <laughs> questions, and mm-hmm. we get to see that he's not trying to play gotcha with with Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's editing to to not make them look like fools or idiots, um, yeah. and at one point. He has footage of himself asking a question saying like, I would think, you know, or, or people would think that I would think or something. And he takes it out because he realizes that nobody cares what he's think. That's not what he's there for. He's mm-hmm. not to insert himself into it. He's there to tell the story. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, without any footage, without, you know, the moon landing footage, it's just boring, boring, boring. And so he throws <laughs> up his hands and, you know, and, and discuss it, how boring it is. And that's when we flip to the biggest action sequence mm-hmm. um, in SG-1 history. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and they do a good job right there at the beginning uh, because he's kind of set up as the, he's basically the antagonist of the first episode. And you, you get to see from his point of view that he's just trying to do his job too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I, I did like in the first episode where nobody wants to talk to him just to go back there and they're like, well, we did have a bad experience with a film crew last year. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> they stole the Prometheus. <laughs> But yeah, and then and then it cuts to, you know, we get the the action on the other planet and then it cuts to uh, the film crew again in the, in the hallway as, you know, people are coming back and we have no idea what's going on, only that, you know, he's trying to film Sam. Sam's crying and says, you know, turn that darn thing off hmm. to the camera. He, uh, you know, stereotypically keeps the camera running. It just shows that like a gurney is going into the gate room um, and then uh, Colonel Ronson uh, turns off the camera and he, Everybody's looking at, you know, Bregman, like he's the bad guy. And he delivers that like really amazing speech about the freedom of the press. Uh, You know, press have to be independent of the politicians and the military. You know, think, think, you know, think what you, you know, I'll think what you want about me, but I, you serve the people and I, so do I. And it's just Mm -hmm. a really powerful speech. And apparently right before he gave that, he had been arguing in his trailer with uh, Robert C. Cooper about something. Robert C. Cooper didn't elaborate, but you know, <laughs> but came out and delivered this thing. Like like half of his face is like paralyzed because he's so furious. You know, he's just spitting out these lines, <laughs> and then he gets he gets to the end of that. You know, the yell cut, and he completely flips back to just his normal demeanor. And goes like, "How was that?" You know, just to show <laughs> just he's in complete control of the yeah. of, of his craft. You know, at all times. You know, nice. 
Yeah, yeah that was. I, I, there were a couple of good scenes like that where mm-hmm. where he, you know, because yeah. he was getting frustrated. He was yeah. really upset, you know, uh, just because he kept getting stonewalled, mm-hmm. you know, and and he was there. He wasn't there to to make them look bad. And you know, I, I, eventually he realizes why. I think you know mm-hmm. he starts yeah. to understand first of all i mean from the from the first part where they, they just they don't want anything to do with him because it, i mean they're they're living lives of secrecy for all these years mm-hmm. you know it's hard to turn that off but also because of what then happens yeah later on right i was gonna say uh because in the first episode he even mentions when he's talking to uh, i think he's talking to hammond and he talks about how there were cameramen on the beaches of normandy and then mm-hmm. in the second part that's pretty much what you get with him mm-hmm. yeah and I think it was Hammond, was it Hammond that gave the speech saying, I don't want my, you know, when you put a camera in there, you change how people respond and react. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they did a really good job of, you know, you're, you're, you understand Bregman, you know, once you realize he's not out to get them and you're like, yes, I get it. Like freedom of the press. We have to document these things. We don't want everything operating in secret and we want to preserve it and all of this. And then on the flip side, you really get where Hammond and the rest of the SGC is with not wanting, you know, to be followed around with these cameras and what's going to happen and how are you going to tell our story? Right. And I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt that that line about the camera because uh, I recently had to record myself celebrating Sunday mass. And I haven't had to do that since seminary when we would do mock masses, you know, uh, practicums. <laughs> and it was just like. I, it, it's in the back of my mind the whole time. That stupid camera's right there. I can see it out of the corner <laughs> yeah. of my eye. You know. <laughs> yeah. Once there's a camera on you, like your brain like allocates too much too much resources yeah, yeah. to that, and you're you're not able to function normally. We actually had that happen one time. They were doing like promotional videos at work, and so we had a camera crew in for the whole day, and they would just like follow people around and film them film what they were doing and it was insanely uncomfortable and we're not doing anything that is like like high stakes like yeah the like sg1 you're, team but yeah. it's still just awful. You're, you're at a vent and there's you know like like a like a reception or something like that and someone's got a camera they're filming it and you're like every time that camera's pointed you're like don't look don't look yeah don't look, don't look. Yeah. <laughs> so during the big off world action sequence I, I neglected to mention we see um you know they're firing shoulder-launched missiles at Jaffa. They're flying through the air. And then Jack takes a staff blast, like, full-on, mm-hmm. collapses. You know, we see a bomber, like, flying over him, dropping bombs. We see the shadow of the bomber flying overhead. And that's when we cut to, you know, Gurney. Sam is very distraught. We know that somebody's been been killed. We don't know who. And I think they do a very good job. Like I said, I was watching this with my son. He's like, is Jack dead? You know, they keep, they keep you well, guessing. Yeah. Uh, well, they, that first long they, they don't possibly see him. can. Yeah. Like Bregman Bre- 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 goes off about, you know, we don't know anything. We, you know, we, you know, yeah. I can't get any information. And so the two airmen and the, the, the PR c- uh, public affairs colonel go mm-hmm. off to kind of scout around and they, they, you know, and they come in and, oh, he's hurt. And, you know, he wasn't moving and, mm-hmm. and oh, it was, you know, Colonel O'Neill. And, you know, so everybody immediately is like, they killed off Jack. Yeah. Then, I love that when he goes down, you're talking about the, the, the ship yeah. flying over him and stuff, but then they give you in slow motion, you know, Carter, you know, yelling, sir, you know, and running. Yep. And then you see Teal coming. And I just love the way everything slowed down for that moment. And then mm-hmm. you're so that it just adds to the drama of did they just really kill Jack? Because, you know, he hasn't been around much this season. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think. 
<laughs> you know, Word would have gotten uh-oh. out that he was, you know, going off the show or that, you know, yeah. at some point. He was and, trying to get off the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then they bring in Woolsey because uh, the NID needs to investigate. You know, they've lost a, a very valuable mm-hmm. in, in monetary well, Before terms. Woolsey comes in, you, yeah. you see, you know, the team reacting oh, to yeah. this death. You yeah. know, let's, let's, let's not skip over that. I mean, you see, you know, Sam and, and Daniel both yeah. reacting to the death. You see t- even Tilk. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, talking about mm-hmm. world, you know, Sam being asked to to say a few words at the at the memorial service. Again, don't know who's for. We just know mm-hmm. there's a memorial service coming up, and obviously and, someone close enough to Sam that they yeah. would ask her. Yep, mm-hmm. and even Tilk, you know, where mm-hmm. he says like, you know, if I was asked, here's what I would say, yes. and ha- gave it to her, which was actually really really cool. And we get to mm-hmm. get to what he wrote, very well, impressive. And I love the scene where Carter and Hammond are talking. Yeah, And he asks her how she's doing with it and they talk, but then she turns it and asks Hammond how he mm-hmm. is. And he gives mm-hmm. this wonderful speech about you would think, you know, everyone's supposed to basically be the same or mean the same to me, but some people grow closer to you. And it was just such a, you know, I'm just watching Donis Davis say this and give this and it's, it was just such a powerful moment. And mm-hmm. this this whole second episode, they just did such a great job of conveying the emotion of the military and the armed forces. And like you said, that consequences are real and happen. Mm-hmm. And just what a tribute. And it can be that quick. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more effective having uh, who who dies die. I don't know if we're going to just go ahead and spoil yeah. it now. It's, um, it's Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. But then, because I feel like if it had been Jack... The SG, all the all the principal members of SG one have been killed at some point. I feel like, and so <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, they've been killed before. Sam, maybe not, but she been taken over by like uh, yeah. Tokra. Daniel's yeah, and the energy thing, and the yeah, <laughs> and Jack's even been killed like numerous times by Ball and uh, yep. yeah, yeah, as well as by the alien uh, Tilk with his yeah. with his you know <laughs> getting rid of the symbiote and all that, and yeah. Mm. But yeah, but Frazier is not someone you really think of. I mean, mm-hmm. and she's a major character, but then she's not in that way. She doesn't usually go off world like bad things don't happen to her. She's the person who puts all the people back together. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about, you know, how many times, gosh, how many times has Daniel died or, you know, and she's the, like, even when we were talking about lifeboat, you know, she was the one in the, in the room, like trying to control all of the personalities in his head. Yeah. Right? yeah, she's the one that puts them back together. So you don't really, she's there on a medical mission. You don't think she's the one that's going to get hit. Right. Yeah. She's like the anchor point for everybody. Yeah. One thing I, I really liked, and I think that's what makes it such a powerful scene is how they show yeah. Janet's mm-hmm. death. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you know, uh, Daniel Jax is there. He's trying to help help her with this airman who got shot. And I, you know, I want to say something. My mom, I want to, you know, or my wife, I want to. Can you record this? Mm-hmm. And of course, he's, you know, he's he's screaming and he's in pain. And all of a sudden, you see the blast come throughout the corner of the camera and just right mm-hmm. off camera, yeah, and mm-hmm. turns to show her laying there. I mean, it's just yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah, and apparently, um, that so the film is, you know, Daniel doesn't want to share it, uh, mm-hmm. with with Bregman. Um, Hammond, you know, orders Bregman off the base. What they, there were some scenes filmed that make this more clear, but Bregman actually goes and calls the president, which is why mm-hmm. they go from Hammond throwing him off to suddenly he's there and Daniel's giving him the, the tape. Right. 
when they showed that to Saul Rubinek and the two actors playing the film crew, um, that was the first time they'd seen the footage. And they mm-hmm. thought they were just going to be looking at like a blank monitor, but they actually saw the footage for the first time, you know, as mm-hmm. they were recording the scene. So the reactions were, were, uh, you know, pretty genuine there. But that's, that's awesome. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So very, very interesting there. We talk about Robert Picardo now. <laughs> yeah, now we now we've gone to Wolves. Yeah. Now that we've gone through the Woolsey. big the big thing of the episode, now we yeah. now, now we've got Woolsey's first appearance. Woolsey, cool, yeah. much more significant his, going forward. Was this this was his first? Huh? Yep, I yes. couldn't remember. Yeah, so he's the kind of the NID. We don't know this initially. Uh, Sam talks to Agent Barrett and gets some uh, some background on him, which I thought mm-hmm. was a nice uh, uh, call back to Agent Barrett, but. He's been brought in to investigate the death of a valued member of the SGC. We don't know who it is yet. And is kind of interrogating them. This part felt a little tacked on, I think, probably because it was. But mm-hmm. um, so we get a, a, a cool, stylish interrogation scene. But it's later revealed that he's really there to see if, you know, the actions that they undertook justify the loss of like a $28 million or whatever it is. You know, every every life has a has a price on it. Right. Type thing. Well, it's like so. a $27 million team for one person. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Risking the life of, of the team. And, and given what we know now about where Woolsey's character goes through the rest of SG1 and then into Atlantis, it's just really cool to see him as kind of irredeemable uh, <laughs> at this stage. And then, uh, like, you know, how, how he becomes kind of a comic well, and, and foil. They, and do, cool character I, later they on. do redeem him next time we see him. I mean, in a pretty big yeah. way, actually. Mm-mm. But I, I, I I will say that that was one of the most impressive scenes where Robert Picardo, who always plays kind of more mild, meek characters, mm-hmm. stands down General Hammond. Yeah. yeah. General Hammond's getting his good bluster going on. And if you say anything about this, I'm going to bury you under the under the jail mm-hmm. and you'll never see the light of day. And it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just waiting for Hammond to say computer and program and have him disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Donna Davis has a lot of really good scenes in yeah. these two episodes. I think this is some of the best General Hammond that, that we see. Yeah, we definitely get to see a lot of them. That's for yeah. sure. Which is mm-hmm. good. I think that this almost makes me wish that the show had been more of a, like, a, had a larger ensemble. Because when you get more, like, because you have, like, the four mm-hmm. main team members. And then you mm-hmm. have the supporting characters, like General Hammond and Frazier. But giving them more time and taking some time away from the SG one team, I feel like balances everything better. And so I, I think that they did a really good job with all the other characters in this and Mm -hmm. it it makes Mm -hmm. everything work really well. And so I wish we all, I would wish we had more, uh, Frazier earlier Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, we're going to bring up our star Trek reference because we always got to have a star Trek reference, but (laughs) that's why so many, Fans, at least I know myself, you know, Dom and Jimmy and, and many others, DS9 is our favorite Star Trek mm-hmm. because they did that. They had the yeah. main crew, but then there was a secondary cast that was just as good. And they got, they figured out how to use them in ways that were so well done. Mm-hmm. And so it really fleshed out the entire ensemble. You know, Quark mm-hmm. was just comedy. You know, he's, he's be the comedy figure. Well, he becomes a popular figure, mm-hmm. you know, Nog and, and, uh, Garrick, uh, and, Garrick and yeah, yeah. And all these characters are brought in and they really flesh them out, you know, and that's what makes it such a great series. And yeah, this is one episode we see with SG one where they can do that here as well. They just mm-hmm. really didn't do much of it. Well, you think about how many times we've had guest stars and we can go back and listen to our podcast and how many times we say great, great actor didn't use him well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And in this episode, you think about how many guest stars names we know, I mean, that they had in this episode and they used all of them very well. In addition to all of SG1 and Donna Davis and Taylor Rothery. I mean, and we'll say Walter and Seiler. I mean, you, (laughs) yeah, they, they really, it was just, it was so well well done. I love the contrast that they 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 set up between Bregman and Wolsey because Bregman was mm-hmm. he was affable he was trying to bring out mm-hmm. the best stories from him yeah. and of course they were fighting him and then Wolsey comes in and is like I'm going to get to the bottom of this I'm going to figure yeah. out what happened and mm-hmm. heads are going to roll if I don't right. like what I see type of attitude yeah just uh to go back to uh Fraser's death like most of the time, especially like earlier on in TV, I feel like Game of Thrones kind of changed everything with how they kill characters on TV. But mm-hmm. the fact that her death is so sudden, like you don't get any sort of speech from her or anything. It's just mm-hmm. bang, she's dead. Like that yep. was it was very affecting. Joss Whedon did that all the time with his characters, <laughs> like just out of the blue, like they're talking and a bullet hits them or they get ripped in half on Buffy and Angel. It was just like, <laughs> I, this is like a beloved character from like seven seasons. And you just, and, or a lot, you know what they did with Firefly and Serenity, you know, it's yep. like, oh, I guess that's my favorite character and he just died. So, well, yep. yeah. But yep. in this case, you get the memorial service for Fraser. Yeah. And I think that was a great you know, conclusion for her because not only are they um, really talking about her and who she was as a person, who she was in the military and the SGC, but they're really talking about all of the servicemen and women that are lost, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their roles. And so they just, they just did a great job of, you know, giving us a little bit of Janet Frazier in the beginning, more so than we've had in gosh, a long time. Yeah. And then her death is so sudden. And then we we get to see Sam and we see Carter and through through Teal'c or Teal'c through Sam, you know, give that that speech about all the people that she saved and the yep. lives that she saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that sequence is into the, the final video or not quite the final video that Bregman's prepared and is showing it to Hammond, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the American flag and the patriotic music yep. and the, the, the photos of, you know, the servicemen and about how they risk their lives for our freedom and it. And he turns to Hammond and says, you know, uh, hopefully it's not too corny. And Hammond just says, no, it's good. And gives mm-hmm. a speech about mm-hmm. how many letters he's written for, to the families of fallen, you know, service men and women. And he always wishes that he could do more and that this is something more, mm-hmm. which, you know, completely redeems Bregman and is just a really good Hammond moment there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's only one thing missing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And we don't get to see the interview with, with no. O'Neill. He sits down for it and just says, okay. And it's it's a really good way to end the the, the episode. Mm-hmm. And Robert C. Cooper did say that he he's never seen Richard Dean Anderson that serious ever on the set of SG one as he was wow. for that for that last scene where he so he didn't slip yes. in another Mary Steenburgen reference. No, no. Not, that, not that time. <laughs> I, but, I do, I do love that we didn't we didn't talk about it, but when, yeah. you know when when uh, Bregman first catches O'Neill, he's heading into the elevator. You know, I like vanilla over chocolate. My favorite color is peridot. I think Tibet should be free, and if I could have dinner with anyone in the world, it would be Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> no, if I could, Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's he. I don't know if y'all remember, like first or second season, he brought her up too. Yeah. Oh yeah, with Ergo. 
Yeah. So Ergo it's too is like, of, yeah. I, I don't know. I read, I think that he just, I don't know if they know each other, but it was one of those like first person I thought of just, it was an ad lib and it just came out kind of a thing. Well, then, mm. uh, then Carter's like, so Mary Steenbergen? Yeah. Well, she's like, so again? hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that, uh, that, uh, Wells, uh, because he, he does pull through, and oh, his yeah. wife has the the baby daughter, and they name name her after Janet. I really like yep. that. Yeah, that was a that was a really touching scene to have Daniel go and yep. bring the little teddy bear. Nice yeah. touch. Yep. One thing that didn't work as well for me, and I don't know if it was the way it was delivered or the way it was written, where um, Bregman's trying to convince uh, Daniel to give him the footage, and he tells a story. It's a fictional story, thank goodness, about a, mm-hmm. a photographer who was um, embedded with the troops in in Vietnam and was pulled down uh, by a, by a serviceman mm-hmm. who and his camera happened to take a picture just as the serviceman who saved his life was shot, yep. you know, and he couldn't look at the photo for years and years and years. And then finally he looked at it and didn't see just a person getting shot. He saw a hero who was gave his life to save him. And that's kind of what helped uh, convince Daniel to uh, yep. in the end, convince yeah. Bregman to use the footage. It's a fictional story. Thank goodness. But uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Story was a little on the nose. I yeah, mean, it was a little, little over the top. But I know they needed an emotional speech to get through to Daniel. Yeah. So, and I, I was, I was afraid that you know it was going to come out later that Bregman had made the whole thing out because right. I, I don't think it's a, a Stargate episode, but I, I know there's an episode of some show where they have a, you know, a story like that, and it turns out oh, I just made the whole thing up. The guy doesn't even exist. Type of kind of a hand wave away, and it's just like oh, this isn't that, is it? I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, that, that would really take I'm also the energy glad that, out of uh, it. Mm-hmm. That he did not turn out to be a, a Cylon, uh, just making a documentary, <laughs> and we get that yeah. reveal at the very end. So that's what it made me think of. He's a replicator or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, now I've got them. Because <laughs> there's an episode of Battlestar Galactica that is very similar to this, and I think this came before that. Final cut. Is the episode mm. of BSG. Yeah, yeah, it's like this crew coming in and they do a documentary and every, no one is really cooperative. But then throughout that, they see like what, like that they're actually being protected and it kind of ends up the same way. But then at the very end, the whole film crew is Cylons, of course, because they have hmm. to be. <laughs> I can't remember when Battlestar was. Oh, it's about the same, same time period. They around are. the same time but yeah mm-hmm. awesome yeah, uh i i did read that um some of the controversy about killing off fraser wasn't as extreme as it might have been because they really thought again they thought this was the last season mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like how many seasons we're on season seven how many seasons have they said oh but this is the last season so they but really they, again thought this was the last season so yeah with, with- with Atlantis coming out, they thought they were going to jump over to Atlantis and yes. not keep doing SG-1. And with Richard Dean Anderson still trying to, I hate to say, get off the show, you know, mm-hmm. to go spend more time with his, with his daughter in um, California. So it just, they just kept getting renewed and <laughs> scrambling for how to keep the show going. And then we got the wonders, wondrous, uh, uh, the wondrous day of Sci-Fi Friday. Oh, oh, yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was SG-1, Atlantis, and Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. I did nice. look. That episode was 2005. So, final cut. So, it was after. A year, a year after, after this, this one. Then. Nice. 
Yeah, as we record this, it's almost the 20th anniversary of this episode. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. End of February. Wow. 2004. Kind of crazy. I couldn't find anything about this, but was Tara Rothery looking to get off the show, or was this just a, we're going to trim people down because we're not going to get renewed? No no information Mm -hmm. in any way that I could find. I mean, she'd only been on the show like two or three times this season so far. Yeah. And she is, she is still working a ton. Oh yeah. In Vancouver shows. So, um, I've never, I've never looked for that. Awesome. Do we have any uh, alternate language titles for, for this Victor? No, it was all heroes part one. And then as you might expect, (laughs) heroes part two. Mm. Nice. So no, no dust. Frazier is kaput or anything from the German system. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> there would have been a spoiler there. Nice. <laughs> Jill, have any other uh, thoughts on these episodes? Nothing here. I really like them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, watch them and, and it is kind of, I think, the you know some of the best writing and acting that you'll see on, on okay. Stargate. I agree. Yep. It's a better Stargate movie two episodes combined than the original Stargate movie. (laughs) Very much agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, We do have some feedback uh, all the way back from episode uh, 84 entity. Uh, Kyla Kinnenborough said, I'm just getting back into the podcast after the break and I'm delighted to find out that Jack is back. Thank you for your honesty. It's helpful for people to know that they are not alone. I'm looking forward to catching up on the podcast and continuing to hear your voice. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, Everyone was super supportive around that time, and it's it's good to be mm-hmm. back in the swing of things and keep going with it. Um, so thanks very much. Yeah, I was I was very glad to hand the baton back to to Jack. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to fill in once in a while, but not full time. Yes. <laughs> well, I do I do greatly appreciate it. Awesome. And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Ben S. Susie S. Brian T, Tim H, Ron T, and Betsy. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. And you can email us at Stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time. We'll be recording the next episode of SG-1, Resurrection. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And you turn that camera off when I tell you to turn it off. I'll do that right now. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was good. Yeah. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, The Catholics of Oz. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash oz.